T for one. A few years ago, Becky showed me this article called T for One. It's all about finding ways to live life better. To calm the mind and soul. To meditate. Step one in T for One, create an atmosphere of relaxation. Hey, that's a good idea. If we're going to meditate, we should certainly take care to make sure we can be relaxed. I like it. Find a comfortable place. Excellent point. In fact, Starbucks has made like a billion dollars creating a proper atmosphere in which to drink coffee. Certainly, achieving effective meditation is worth the effort of finding a good place in which to meditate. Maybe your wood shop. <laughs> Maybe your wherever you like to be. I like to walk in the woods. <laughs> Notice what's going on around you. Don't think. Just observe. Uh, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> Don't think. Just observe. Okay, wait. Maybe they're just saying don't get distracted. Well, I wish I could tell you that was true, but no, the article made it very clear. They want you to empty your mind. Major issue. <laughs> Worldly meditation says to empty your mind. The purpose of godly meditation is to fill our minds. We are not to be passive subjects like some cup being filled with tea, <laughs> but active participants in what fills our minds? The article goes on to say, give thanks for the quiet moment. Well, that's good. One should give thanks for all the blessings that we have. Give thanks for the quiet moment you have created. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you, think, are you thanking the moment? I mean, or, or are you thanking yourself? I mean, what's going on here? And it is God to whom we should give thanks. We don't really create anything. I mean, yes, yes, God lets us be a part of, but the reality is that we discover what God has created and provided for us. Okay, whatever. All this, we've said so far, is supposed to happen during the making of and the first sip of the tea. During each subsequent sip, give thanks for different aspects of your life. Well, again, that's good, but what is the object of your thanks? To whom does one offer thanks? On the last sip of tea, smile softly to yourself and say one last sentiment of gratitude, such as, I give thanks for the great abundance in my life. <laughs> smile to yourself. <laughs> Do they even know that the biblical definition of love includes this statement, love never seeks its own. Is this meditation just one more form of self-love, a celebration of just how self-focused you can be? <laughs> if you clean the teaware, contemplate how the ritual cleansed your mind and body. The ritual? Rituals don't do anything. Rituals are something we do. A ritual is a set of actions repeated for a purpose. God cleanses the mind, body, and soul, and sometimes we execute rituals, like when we take communion, to help us focus on Him. 
It's not the ritual that makes the difference. It's the one we honor in the ritual. So we find that worldly meditation focuses on the one meditating, or worse yet, it focuses on nothing, making the mind empty so that something else, perhaps outside your mind, can come into your mind. That doesn't sound good to me. But godly meditation has the specific focus of God. I'd like to challenge us to change our world with godly meditation. So I'd like to issue a March challenge. Are you ready? To read or listen to a Bible passage. To pray for each other, starting at that scripture. And to repeat this every single day of this month. (laughs) And maybe beyond. Okay, that's our challenge for this entire month. So how is this challenge related to meditation, you're saying? How do we go from reading the Bible to praying to changing the world with meditation? We get there because Christian meditation starts with reading the Bible and continues through prayer. And if we pray for one another, we will change the world starting here. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. The law of the Lord. In Jewish speak, that means the Bible. Let me quote something William Bridge wrote centuries ago about biblical meditation. As it is the sister of reading, so it is the mother of prayer. Though a man's heart be much indisposed to prayer, yet, if he can but fall into a meditation of God and the things of God, his heart will soon come off to prayer. Begin with reading or hearing. Go on with meditation. End in prayer. Reading without meditation is unfruitful. Meditation without reading is hurtful. To meditate and to read without prayer upon both is without blessing. I mean, some good thoughts. So rather than emptying the mind, Christian meditation is filling the mind with thoughts of God. And you know, some people, meditation is just too uncomfortable. So how about we instead we call it contemplation. Will that work? Contemplate. <laughs> contemplation of God's nature, the persons of the Trinity, His creation, His work of redemption, and especially, and starting with, His Word. As we contemplate his word, we can pray that the Holy Spirit gives us illumination, which is understanding of how to apply these words into our lives. Some go so far as to rewrite the passage they've read in their own words, like a kind of a paraphrase, so that they can more surely implant it into their consciousness. Uh, One might consider meditating word by word. Each little one, I'm talking. And then you look at the sentence, and then the paragraph, and then the whole passage, and then the whole book, and, and then on how it fits into the whole counsel of God. That's, that means the whole Bible. Okay, so let's practice. Are you ready? Let's meditate on scriptures about meditation on scripture. <laughs> That's what many of the Psalms are. Uh, the uh, individual meditations on God and his word by authors through whom the inspired words of scripture were brought to mankind. Psalm 119 in particular is all about reading and meditating on God's word. 
For instance, he says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It was not too many centuries after the beginning of the church that people began to organize it into institutions. (laughs) And then those individual institutions began to organize themselves into one large institution and it did not take a long time for some for whom power was everything to see that they could gain great power in this institution, which they then infiltrated. Groups of people began to separate themselves from this overgrown madhouse and into independent communities, mostly in the country. The most notable and enduring of these were groups of men who called themselves monks. Now yes, over time, these groups fell into the same trap that their earlier brethren had sought to escape, you know, taken over by misguided men. And those once independent organizations were mostly folded right back into the very institution that those who started them had sought to escape. Oh well. But at the very beginning, with those who had their heads on straight, there were some really great thoughts. Today, let's note the four ancient steps of meditation, they called it. The first of which is reading the Bible. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Precepts, ways, statutes, word. All ways to say the Bible. He uses lots of different words because it's important to him. I will meditate. Well, on what? The word of God. Our ancient monks said, read the word of God, meditate, ponder, on the word of God, then pray from what you have just read. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. We are but poor humans living on this sad earth. O God, help us behold the wonder of your word. Read, meditate, pray, and last... They said, contemplate. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Contemplation. How do we take what we've read, meditated on, and prayed about, and put it into practice? Especially when the pressure is on, like our psalmist. We need to contemplate that truth, determine how it fits into our lives, and then change our lives to fit the Word. Maurice Roberts, not too many years ago, wrote this, Our age has been sadly deficient in what may be termed spiritual greatness. At the root of this is the modern disease of shallowness. We are all too impatient to meditate on the faith we profess. It is not the busy skimming over religious books or the careless hastening through religious duties which makes for a strong Christian faith. Rather, it is unhurried meditation on gospel truths and the exposing of our minds to these truths that yields the fruit of sanctified character. Sanctified, set apart for God's use. Perfected for God. Well, That's eventually. For now, we just made more mature for God. Our tendency as humans is to be shallow. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. 
Make me understand the way of your precepts and I will meditate on your wondrous works. We are dust. In other words, oh, so human. Here's a Rick Warren quip. If you know how to worry, you already know how to meditate. (laughs) And there's some truth there, right? But we need to go beyond worry. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. So let's hear the serious side of Rick Warren. No other habit can do more to transform your life and make you more like Jesus than daily reflection on Scripture. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Quit trying to do everything just to gain something for yourself. Well, it doesn't work. So quit grasping for worthless things and look to real life by stopping and reading, meditating, praying, and contemplating how to apply God's Word for your life. So let's stop for a moment. If you've been thinking about this, you may have a thought, wait a minute, (laughs) you want me to just sit there and meditate? Okay, I know ungodly things, but come on, really just sit there? (laughs) Well, let us fall back once again on that wise man of yesteryear, William Bridge, as he talks about meditation in the Word of God. Oh, saith one, I would think on God, and I would meditate on God with all my heart. But meditation work is a work of time. It will cost time, and I have no time. My hands are so full of business and so full of employment. I have no time for this work. Meditation is not a transient thought, but it is a work of time, and will ask time, and I have no time. Ah, The more things change, the more they stay the same. (laughs) How will we stand up for God if we don't know Him? How can we know Him if we don't know His Word? I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. If we don't take the time to study God's Word, how can we ever tell people we love about it? let alone kings. When we meditate on God's Word, we gain confidence in His Word. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. Do you read some particular scripture you just love? Well, turn it into a song. Do you like a particular Christian song? You can know that it surely came from some particular scripture. Find out from where it came. Meditate on God's Word. And if you meditate on God's Word, you will ever live more like He desires. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. I mean, let's face it. Our natural state is to be evil. That's the natural state of humans. We need to think of God's ways, meditate on His Word to turn our feet from our 
natural ways. And if we recognize how bad we truly are, we will want to know all the more His Word. Especially when people try to pull us into their evil behavior. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. When Satan tries to suck you in with people you know, remember God's word. When troubles come, if you've meditated on God's word, even though you wake at midnight, you'll be able to praise God. You'll also remember that it is other believers that you need to and with whom you want to be companions. In fact, you'll begin to long to know those in the church universal. Everywhere you go, you'll be on the lookout for those who believe. And you will see your life change. (sighs) But not in exactly the way you thought. (laughs) Maybe. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Afflicted? Yes. Before he was afflicted, he went astray. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. God used affliction to cause him pain so that he would keep God's word. God is good. Can we say with the psalmist that it was good that we were afflicted? Maybe you're being afflicted right now. Is it worth it to us in order that we might learn the word of God? The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. God made us. God can remake our minds. A quieted heart is our best preparation for all this work of God. Meditation refocuses us from ourselves and from the world so that we reflect on God's word, his nature, his abilities, and his works. So we prayerfully ponder, muse, and chew the words of Scripture. The goal is simply to permit the Holy Spirit to activate the life-giving word of God. Do we, with Dr. Demarest, have as a goal the desire to allow the Holy Spirit to activate the life-giving Word of God in our lives? Do we understand, as the psalmist did in this verse, the value of God's Word? Do we recognize that God made us in the first place so He can certainly give us better understanding? Or do we let ourselves be drawn away from the study of His Word J.I. Packer, another great theologian, wrote, If I were the devil, one of my first aims would be to stop folk from digging into the Bible. Knowing that it is the Word of God teaching men to know and love and serve the God of the Word, I should do all I could to surround it with the spiritual equivalent of pits, thorn hedges, and man traps to frighten people off. 
At all costs, I should want to keep them from using their minds in a disciplined way to get the measure of its message. The measure of its message. Are we distracted from reading the Word because people wrong us? Let the insolent be put to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Satan will use any method that he can to stop us from reading and meditating on God's Word. But this is the thing that will change our lives. Indeed, the thing that will give us life. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. Affliction drives us to God's Word and sustains us through it. In fact, you wouldn't have life without the Word, which you would not have been driven to unless you had affliction. So affliction is necessary for you to have life. Are you glad you have it? Affliction, that is to say. (laughs) Okay, everybody, stop and breathe. Let's... Take a little break and stretch. And, ah, okay. Are you ready? Now let's look at a section of this psalm and see what, what we might meditate on. Psalm 119.97 Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. So, we discover that meditating on God's Word makes us wiser than unbelievers. And meditation on God's Word helps us to understand beyond what our human teachers can teach. It's what every teacher's dream that his student passes him up, right? You know that sin you just can't beat keeps coming back. Meditating on God's Word can help us to escape from sin's snare. And when we meditate on God's Word, we love it. Because we love it, we begin to understand the depths of the depravity of sin and are kept from sin. Eventually, we gain such an appreciation for God's Word that we come to hate all evil behavior. This is the core of our Christian lives. We start our lives... In Christ, when we come to faith in Him, conversion. We demonstrate our trust in Christ by baptism. But then we live for Christ. We love God, so we learn more of Him. We learn more of Him, so we love Him more. Because we love Him more, we want to learn more of Him. (laughs) And upward and around and around, and we draw ever closer to God, our Savior. The upward spiral of sanctification. One of my profs called it. From this foundation, we build the works we do. 
reaching out to people who don't yet believe, building up, edifying those already in the faith. Those are the work that we do because we meditate on God's Word. Without this foundation of meditation on the Word of God, our works will crumble. Jesus himself prayed for his disciples, asking God the Father to sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them. Set them apart in the truth. This is why the psalmist shouted, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. When should we meditate? Well, maybe with the psalmist, early in the morning. It sounds as if he had a specific time set aside for that purpose. Now, early morning means your whole day will be colored by your excursion into the Word of God. Set aside time to meditate on God's Word. But, for sure, read or listen to at least a little to start the day. And then, maybe you can say with our writer, consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Forever the steadfast love of God will live through his word. We can have eternal life because of God's steadfast love. We can understand this because we get the overall picture, the sum of his word as we meditate. We learn to trust his word and know that it is eternal in value, just like his love. My lips will pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Meditation on God's word will lead us to praise him in word and in song. We don't have to wonder, what will I ever say about God to people? It's just going to flow out of who we are as one meditates on his word. Let my soul live and praise you and let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. This is the very last thing the psalmist said in this psalm. This is how he wants to sum it up? Yeah. He recognizes his tendency toward sin. Even after he is a part of God's flock. And yet the meditation that he has made on God's word allows him to ever live and praise God, even if he messes up in the middle. (laughs) So let's end our little meditation today by jumping forward a thousand years to the words of the Apostle Paul. He certainly understood this principle. So he encouraged his readers this way, Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. When we meditate on God's word, it transforms our minds and we gain an understanding of God's will. 
We'll never be perfect in this life, okay? But we can get ever closer to the one who gave us the word. Here's a summary. Don't empty your mind. Fill it with the word of God. Read it. Meditate on it. Pray from it. Contemplate your life in light of it. And this month in particular, pray for us. For all those God will bring to us. Don't just sit there. Sit there with a purpose. Don't let Satan distract you. Don't let sins keep you away. Do you love God? Then learn more of Him. And you will love Him more. And you'll want to learn more of Him. Meditate on God's Word. Take the time and meditate on God's Word and it will give you forever.